Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! This movie is rated R for disturbing violent content. Hello and welcome to <laughs> Little Marty, your only podcast on the internet dedicated to covering the works of Adam Sandler and Martin Scorsese. My name is Eric Halloween. And my name is Jeremy the Butcher. Eric, it's Marty time. It's Marty time, dude. I'm wearing my Marty hat. Yeah. Marty pants, Marty sunglasses. I'm wearing a Mardi Gras t-shirt, which is <laughs> a mistake. There's nothing about this shirt that is actually saying Martin Scorsese. It says Mardi Gras. What do you think of this? What do you think of a like film festival called Mardi Gras? Uh-huh. That's uh, <laughs> you know, kind of like a combo of uh like a, a Scorsese film like movie marathon and uh you know, uh, the uh, what's that? What's the street in New Orleans that gets all crazy? Oh right, yeah, um, yeah, Bourbon, Bourbon Street. Bourbon Street, yeah. Combination of that and just watching, um, you know, After Hours and right, Raging Bull, right, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I I'm into that. I'm into that. And can also a part of it be that still, when you take off your top, we have to give you like beads or something. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, but it's a bead. Uh, instead of beads, it's like a necklace made out of spaghetti. Oh, that's good. That's with good. With meatballs on it. Yeah. <laughs> instead with, of beads. And Parmesan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like this idea. Yeah, I'm into this. All right, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Well, um, great, because I've already uh, <laughs> you booked bu- you Bourbon booked Street venue? for us. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah Two million dollars. Yeah, very expensive, but worth it. Worth it. Uh, yeah, I think it'll pay off. You know, I think it'll pay off. Um, but Jeremy, this is a podcast about uh, Adam Sandler, Martin Scorsese. I already said that. We are at towards the end of the Scorsese uh, filmography. We're gonna go back and and do uh, the Rolling Stones documentary, and maybe mm-hmm. I don't know if there's other stuff in there, but we're gonna. Uh, we're gonna uh, we're kind of pacing out the Scorseses at this point because uh, you know we, we very poorly calculated um, the ratio of Sandler films to Scorsese films, right? And we're gonna we're gonna uh, we we're have, really like s- kind of spreading it out though. Like we're we're gonna make oh, yeah. the most of our last few Martys here. We have this one, and then I think we have three more to cover yeah we'll spread it out so if you i mean you're gonna hear the rest of the us talking about the rest of marty's movies but you're also gonna have to listen to us talk about the three other hotel transylvanias (laughs) that we haven't done yet right yeah and it's important that we cover those (laughs) oh yeah Oh, oh yeah and i'm certainly looking forward to it um well uh, Jeremy, we are talking about silence, but I think before we do that, um, we should probably talk about the Patreon because we're doing, uh, listen, we do all sorts of stuff over there. November has turned into this like annual month 
What do you think of that annual month? I like month. an annual month. That's yeah, pretty good. It's an annual month. Yeah. I'm like, you know, December and January. Uh, November is the month where we do something really stupid oh, on baby. the podcast over on patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. And this time we are covering uh, the Paul Blart movies and also Observe and Report. And another Kevin James movie. <laughs> so <laughs> we're calling it Blartvember, but uh, Jeremy, what else can someone expect when it's not November over there on the Patreon? All kinds of stuff, truly. I mean, we, we cover uh, the works of other directors over there. We cover fun uh, television over there, like episodes of Tales from the Crypt, episodes of The X-Files, episodes of... Uh, of other stuff. Uh, I know that in December, we're going to be covering a lot of uh, holiday horror films, uh, which is one of my sneaky favorite sub-genres. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we're... Uh, yes. And I, I have an idea, Jeremy, for a future uh, Christmas uh, uh, or a December theme. Uh, I don't think we'll do it this time because I, I would like to... I would like to plan for it a little bit better, but I would like to do maybe in 2023 uh, Grinch Month. Oh, that's fun. We go through all the Grinches. That, that would be great. Yeah. We could do that yeah. this year. <laughs> yeah, we could. Yeah, maybe we will. Make it a How Grinch, many Grinch Month. There's like three movie, three Grinch movies. That's a good question. I uh, There's the cartoon. There's two cartoons, the live action. Mm. That's That'll get us through the month right there. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk about it over on the Patreon. Another fun uh, thing you get to listen to on the Patreon is we we do a little bit more of that. We do a little bit of a hey, what do you want to do? Uh, yeah, right. Next? Yeah, you you you, know? you have sort of an invested stake in what we what we actually cover over there. Um, yeah, you know, and a lot of these things that we cover are either from our patrons. Uh, subscribing to the tier where you can force us to do an episode on anything right. or just from our patrons collectively bullying us until we cover, uh, you know, yeah. The Muppet movies or, bu- or, 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 or bullying me into raising my airhead score, which is, uh, kind of, uh, if you think I'm going to raise it higher, well, you might be right. I don't know. Keep doing it folks. <laughs> yeah. You'll have to listen on the Patreon Yeah, you have to, listen uh, to, the to find out. That should be a regular check-in on the Patreon is... Uh, Jeremy's airhead score. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, anyway, we are talking about Silence. Jeremy, have you seen uh, the movie Silence? So this is a film that I tried to watch um, <laughs> back in the day uh, because it was a Marty movie, you know? And oh, I was yeah. like, I was like, yes, get, I want to watch this. You know, I, I got to see this Marty movie. What am I insane for not having seen it yet? And, um, and yeah, I, I wasn't able to finish it the first time I was watching it. It was like in the middle of the day. I think I got distracted or honestly, I think I just got a little bored and, and moved on. And so this was a good opportunity for me to come back to it and sort of make myself sit down and make myself really take it in and watch it. And, you know, it's a good little film. It's, it's, uh, it's, 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 it ain't bad. I, I definitely think that in our, this is, this is just such a funny movie to put up against like our super short attention span Marvel brains now. Yeah. You know, yeah. like this is so the opposite of what is coming out. <laughs> and, <laughs> 
Yeah, it's interesting, and I I gotta say I we haven't really talked about this interestingly enough on the podcast, right. but uh, I I love Marty's like Marvel take tirades. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're it's not great. even tirades. I think he gets asked questions by like journalists, from what I can gather, right? And then he's uh-huh. like, he's like, "What do you think of this?" And he's just like, "Oh, I don't like that." <laughs> he's just very like <laughs> honest about how he feels. And people go nuts because these Marvel Disney freaks are, are are literally freaks. They're they're like they're like out for out for blood. Well, he said, did he say that they're? Yeah, he said, I don't think they're cinema yeah. about Marvel movies, yeah. which I thought was I think that's awesome <laughs> that he said that. He's and you know of course yeah, and I don't even think he was thought he was being controversial. I, right. I think he just thought like, oh, like, obviously these movies aren't the same thing as like what I do. <laughs> yeah, and it's true they're not. They're really not, and and like you know we watched the the most recent Black Panther. You know uh, that that's actually I haven't seen a bunch of the latest Marvel movies. You know, um, but I we did check out Black Panther because we want. I think we were curious more than anything how they were going to wrap that up or figure that out after Chadwick Boseman passed away. Um, and it and the movie was just okay. It was just fine. And the Marvel House style at one point took the movie away from what clearly the director was trying to do, and it just kind of sucked. Like the movie didn't like oh, my my review of it is not that it sucked, but my review of it is that it's a Marvel movie. Like you know exactly mm. what you're gonna get from that movie, and right. it's disappointing when you go in there thinking, oh maybe you know now that they have Taika Waititi or Ryan Coogler. We're going to get something different, and then you go in there, and it's kind of just the homogenized same thing. It's corporate art. It, it, it's, it's the same thing as like a really cool poster hanging up in an office building. <laughs> it's like not, right. a, not real. Like it's not going to change your mind about anything. It's not going to make you feel you know, anything real or substantial. I mean, I guess art is subjective. It, people could be losing it over this uh, Black Panther movie. I don't know, but... It just, to me, I think Marty's take is just very simple. It's like, look, we're, <laughs> I'm over here trying to make this, and that over there is that. I don't know <laughs> what you <laughs> want from me. But, yeah, he got into big right. trouble. And it's been years now the, of, of this kind of uh, trope, this talk about him being anti-Marvel. Sure. Um, well, I had a, a similar first experience, I guess, with silence. Um, and I don't think this is the first time this has happened, uh, with one of the movies we've covered on our show, but I went to, uh, my, my nearest streaming platform and I pressed play on silence and it started like 10 minutes into the movie. And I realized that I had gotten 10 minutes into silence at some point in history and gave up, gave up on it uh, immediately. And, you know, it probably is like, I mean, it's a movie where if you're not in the mood for it, you know. And it's hard it is to what be it is. in the mood for this. I'll say that, yeah. too. It's not, yeah. like, and no shade, right? Like, I think this movie is good. I, I just am like, I, I don't really want to watch this movie again. I don't know if I will watch it again. And it's, and it's, there's just so, you know, I don't know. what. How would you classify this movie? Like, what's the genre like melodrama basically it's like historical drama yeah, i guess right yeah yeah historical religious drama i'll definitely watch it again i mean that's that's you know 
uh, crazy to assume. I'll probably watch it again. It's a Marty movie, but it it, it is hard to want to watch it to get into it. Yeah. Um yeah, I agree. I had a similar experience though, uh, watching it all the way through as you did, and I, I liked it too. I think it's a, I think it's a good movie. It is definitely like, uh, I think it's one of those where while I was watching it, not gonna lie, it gets a little slow at some points. Sure. You know, um, uh, after the movie, I was thinking about it, and I mentioned this on the podcast sometimes. Is anytime a movie gets me thinking. You know, right. and I'm like remembering scenes or just thinking, like, what did that mean? I, uh, I think the movie has done its job. So, I think Silence did that for me. And the other thing that I like about Silence, and I knew this going into it, is it's sort of a passion project for uh, the Scorsese man, right, Mister Anti Marvel. Yeah, Mister uh, Anti Marvel himself. Yes, he read the. So this is based on a. I'm going to butcher the name, Shusuku, Shusaku Endo novel by uh, called uh, Silence, mm-hmm. and he read it in 1989. So uh, he read this when he was invited by Akira Kurosawa to Japan to play the part of Vincent Van Gogh in Kurosawa's film Dreams. Uh, Scorsese obtained the film rights soon afterwards. So this movie, Jeremy... It took a lot longer than uh, expected. I remember hearing about this movie, and at the time, I believe De Niro and um, uh, what's his name? The other guy that he uses a lot, not Pesci, but it was De Niro and um, oh, help me out here. Who's the guy from like The Wolf from Pulp Fiction? Uh, um, his other actor he uses a lot. He's in Taxi Driver. Oh God, I'm gonna look him up. This is embarrassing. Yeah, I can't remember, folks. This is Harvey Keitel. Woo! Wow. Yes. <laughs> okay. It, I before I thought it was like Harvey Keitel and De Niro were in talks to do it for a long time, and then I think, uh, you know, they just got too old. Yeah. Um. That'd be an, that'd be interesting. I guess in eighty nine or like in ninety, yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. Um, but yeah, it was uh, kind of re Scorsese tried to sort of revive uh, the project in two thousand nine. Um, him and a production crew went to Nagasaki, Japan, visiting the original site that served as the setting for Endo's novel. Uh, they did a bunch of location scouting. Uh, however, the film ended up in development hell soon afterwards. So Scorsese decided to work on Shutter Island and Hugo instead. Yeah, and, um, you know, this is the type of project that I might have just uh, uh, convinced myself not to do if I was him. But I think he, because he's such a religious person or, like, has that... He always is, like thinking about religion and has a lot of religious iconography in his films. I, I bet this film was calling to him maybe for, for a while, you know, it's interesting. I'm seeing some, like, it's sort of similar to George Harrison in a way, like George Harrison, um, you know, obviously it's a different religion, but you start to see like when George Harrison, uh, 
becomes more influenced by re- by religion and uh, totally. goes off into his solo career. He starts to do these more of these uh, what you might call a passion project uh, inspired by religion. But uh, after filming The Wolf of Wall Street concluded in 2013, Scorsese uh, committed to following up with Silence. Uh, ba 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 The producer is this guy Erwin Winkler, uh, and he said. Sweet. This is interesting. The movie was very, very expensive, and it was budgeted because it takes place in 1670 Japan. Uh, We got lucky and found out about Taipei, and in and around Taipei and Taiwan, we found great locations. The prices were very cheap, and we were able to make it for a price. Uh, He said that uh, it was a tight budget, and uh, a lot of the cast and crew worked for minimum pay, and all the actors uh, worked for scale. Yeah, Marty worked for a scale. That's great. Yeah. I, I, you know, as you become a more celebrated director and artist, people start working for you for very cheap, <laughs> especially if they're like big celebrities like Andrew Garfield and Adam Driver who are getting big payouts in other films. They're like, sure, I'll work on a Wes Anderson movie for twenty dollars. <laughs> you know, like, um, and I don't know. I think that's that's a that's a really interesting way to navigate the business. You know, because at the right. level, you know, I, you know, scale is not a ton of money if you're not going to be working again that year. But if you're a mega celebrity, like the, like, you know, a lot of the folks that work with Marty, that work with Wes Anderson, um, and you can afford to, it must be like such a great thing to be able to like work on these projects. I know Jonah Hill also took like, scale pay to work on yeah Wolf of wall street yeah. i just looked it up because i was curious uh it says scale for theatrical scale which is for film is about a thousand dollars to thirty five hundred or a thousand dollars a day or thirty five hundred per week yeah so yeah you're filming a you spend you know three months filming uh, a movie at scale i mean you're still making, and that's a all that you do for the rest payout. of the year. Yeah, yeah. It's still a good pay. It's a, it's a it's a good payout if you have a bu- if you have a couple of those, right? You know, it's almost but, right. But you know, it's not. It isn't like House in the Hamptons money. So yeah. uh, it's, it's not podcast money. It's that's definitely for sure. not the yeah the ba- the payouts that we get from the Patreon, which are huge mega Vegas winnings. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, let's see. Apparently there's some legal stuff. Let's see. What is this all about? Uh, this is where my research stopped, Jeremy, uh, Uh (laughs) the the legal, the legal claims, but I'm curious, uh, his complex filmmaking commitments to multiple film projects resulted in an early legal challenge before filming. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Some company sued him for contract. Okay. Contract over the, the movie. All right. Not that interesting. Um, let's see what kind of crazy bits of trivia. There's some good stuff in here, actually. All right. Adam Driver lost 50 pounds for the role. Yeah, 30 dude. before filming and 20 during filming. That's a lot of uh, weight for a guy who's not you know, already kind of known for being skinny. <laughs> yeah. I read this and I was like, 
I can't tell. <laughs> like, right. I, he's kind of already super skinny, but yeah. Some people wear weight whatever. differently. You know. Yeah, mine goes straight to my ass. Yeah, right. Yeah, mine goes to my teeth. Weird. My teeth just <laughs> get huge. Um, let's see. I here. like according to yeah, Liam Neeson. That's a good one. <laughs> Scorsese is intimidating on set, and he requires absolute silence. If he hears any tiny sound, it shatters it for him. Dude, I this is a weird one. I don't believe this. <laughs> You don't believe it? I actually don't believe it. Yeah, no, he seems like he's a joy to work with on set. I don't I I've never yeah. I've never heard Maybe of him in being this, super intimidating. <laughs> in this occasion, I guess. I mean, it, it, I think this is the only time Liam Neeson has worked with him. Yeah. Well, no, he worked with him on Gangs of New York. Oh, right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe it, he's Maybe this is just an off the cuff quote or maybe it's just on certain scenes they were working on together, but it's like it makes him kind of sound a little more tyrannical than I uh, picture him on set. Yeah. Well, it doesn't necessarily imply that he like blows up like Christian Bale style. Right. No, I know. I know. It, it is. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, the film's premiere was held at the Vatican. What do you think of that? Pretty cool. Um, I guess. <laughs> Grown Ups 2, actually, was also yeah, right. screened at the Vatican. Right. Yeah, Observe and Report, I also heard, was screened at the... <laughs> uh, the story is based on historical fact. Daniel Day-Lewis and Liam Neeson replaced each other in projects that were both stuck in development for years. Neeson was set to play Lincoln in Lincoln. Uh, later, Neeson replaced Daniel Day-Lewis in this film. Yeah. After Daniel Day-Lewis was set to play the role of Father Ferreira. It's pretty good. Um, I like this one. When Terrence Malick saw the picture, he wrote Martin Scorsese a letter asking him, what does Christ want from us? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty good. Uh, Oh, Ang Lee helped Martin Scorsese decide on different locations to film in Taiwan. Hmm. Uh, what do you think of this Andrew Garfield guy? Man, I'm really split on Andrew Garfield. I like him in some stuff, and I don't like him in others, or I just tolerate him in other stuff. What do you think of him? I think he's pretty, like, bland. Yeah, he's very reliable. Um, like, he's never, like, yeah. the worst thing in a movie, you know? I will say... I really like Under the Silver Lake, and I think he's oh, good in that. I haven't seen that, but you know what I we do like. I, I like um, uh, the Social Network a lot, and he's in that. Oh right, right. He plays uh, Tom from MySpace. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he plays Elon Musk from Twitter. <laughs> this is Scorsese's first writing credit on a film since Casino? Yeah, interesting. Well, uh, a lot happens, so let's uh, let's dive into this plot here. Oh, I'm curious. Budget was forty to fifty million, and box office was twenty three point eight million. All right. Uh, in the opening scene, veteran Portuguese Jesuit priest Cristo Cristovo Ferreira. Helplessly witnesses the torture of Japanese converts uh, he had been trying to bring to the Christian faith. Um, what was your first impression of this movie? 
So it, interesting, right? Like I am. I was raised. So I, I'll get this out of the way right away. I was raised super religious when I was growing up. Um, I you know, uh, but Protestant Christian, so not Catholic, and I uh do not. I'm not religious anymore, and I'm very sensitive to like religious stuff, right? Um, mm. so. Right away, I'm watching this and I'm very skeptical about where this is. This movie is going to go because I see what I already am seeing. What um, uh, Cristovo Ferreria is doing is wrong. Like trying to go to other cultures and spread the Christian faith. I'm like, I don't agree with that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, stay out. <laughs> don't. You know, it's not your job to try to tell someone what they believe is wrong and they need to believe what you believe. So right away I'm like, Oh gosh, is he getting these people killed because he, you know what I mean? Because of the intense colonization. Right. Right. Yeah. I didn't think about it uh, about that, but yeah, that's interesting. Um, but what was your, uh, what was your first impression? Well, my first impression, well, I mean, my first, first impression was, you know, not that exciting because I put, stopped the movie ten minutes in. Uh, but when I rewatched it, uh, I knew that uh, I had read a little bit about the movie, and I knew that this was going to be important. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of analyzing it and trying to remember things in terms of like, okay, this movie is about like these two guys that are going to be looking for Liam Neeson. So obviously, this is really important. Uh, but I wasn't necessarily analyzing it, uh, you know, from like a theological perspective. Um, I will say this movie, uh, the performances are extremely good. Right. I think the only, uh, I don't necessarily know that this is a performance issue, but Adam Driver is one of those people, kind of like George Clooney for me, when I see him. It's just like, it's not, hey, there's that character. It's, hey, there's Adam Driver playing that character. Oh, and I think it's just from my, like, I don't know. I don't know where I would have seen him first, but I, uh, yeah, he's sort of like more of a personality to me than anything else. But, you know, all, all in all, I think they're good. I also th- think the, uh, I love it when a movie is set in a visually pleasing place that, I normally don't see. Oh, absolutely! So yeah, that was cool too. I'm I'm always glad to see something. Also, like a time kind of period piece where it's like, oh, these costumes are gonna be dope, and like, you know, like we're gonna we're gonna see we're gonna we're, it's gonna transport me to a a place and time that I'm not used to. The, that's really cool. Yeah, I was kind of hoping we get to get a little glimpse at what cell phones were like back then, but right. I guess. He probably cut that out because it's it's a long enough movie as it is. Right. Right. Um, a few years later at St. Paul's College in Macau, an Italian Jesuit priest, Alessandro Valignano, 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 right. <laughs> receives news that Ferreira renounced his faith in Japan. Uh, in disbelief, Ferreira's Portuguese pupils, the young Jesuit priests Sebastiano Rodriguez and Francisco Garupe, uh, set off to find him. Guided by uh, Kichiro, a fisherman named uh, Stranded in Macaw. 
uh, Kichiro's uh, family was killed uh, for being Christian, and he renounced his faith to save himself. Yeah, it's interesting. This character is in the Kichiro. I don't, don't know if I'm saying it right. right. Kichijiro? Yeah. I think it's Kichijiro. Um, right. It's interesting. That character is, I mean, he went through, uh, you know, the thing that Liam Neeson, like, witnessed and eventually did himself um, in the beginning. Yeah, right. So yeah, it's uh, it's definitely, I would, I mean, you know, Kichiro, I would have, I would have renounced <laughs> mine too. It's like, you know, also I don't get religion. Like I don't get, I never got this aspect of religion. Like why can't you just renounce it and then like kind of be winking? You know what I mean? Like oh yeah, sure, I renounce it, and then like, but you don't really. Yeah, you know, like that's wh- a good why point. Why can't you just lie? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. That's a good point. Just cross your fingers behind your back. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. I always thought um, if I was in a situation like that, that's how I'd handle it. <laughs> <laughs> or j- just yell psych afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Under your breath, you're like, psych. <laughs> <laughs> uh, arriving in the Japanese village of Tomoji, Tomogi, uh, the priests uh, find local Christian populations driven underground in fear of the Inquisitor. The village hides the two priests, but they are horrified uh, when officials of the shogunate Mm -hmm. arrive to ferret out hidden Christians and force them to step on a fumai, Mm -hmm. a carved image of Christ. A lot of words. We're learning a lot of words here. Uh, The villagers who refuse are tortured until they drown and the bodies are cemented, uh, cremated to prevent Christian burials. Pretty, pretty, so, pretty, they're, they're pretty, um, upset at the Christian, um, disease coming into their country <laughs> and into their culture. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this, I'm sure we yeah. got this a little bit, but I don't remember like what their, reasoning is for this well they're i mean you gotta you gotta look at it from their point of view it's sort of like this invading a new i new way of thinking that's going to revolutionize their country potentially be very dangerous for their country you know christianity is no <laughs> Is in some way, you know, some, I mean, if you're in it, it's just, it's like looked at as a peaceful religion, but it's also very scary and looked at as a very violent religion in a lot of ways. I mean, um, I truly believe that. So it's it's hard. It's hard. Again, I'm still I'm still empathetic with a country not wanting Christian colonization to spread in their in their country um, in some ways. Obviously, right. what they're doing to folks is really heinous, but it is like it's also like what year is it too? You know, looking at like the sixteen hundreds or whatever. Yeah, stuff was different. They uh, Twitter was way bif- different back then. It really then, was. The blue checks actually meant something back then. Yeah, yeah, and they were free. Uh, 
Garupe leaves the leaves for Harido Island and Rodriguez to Goto Island, uh, the last place Ferrero was seen. He finds the village destroyed, and Kichijuro betrays him to the authorities. Rodriguez is taken to Nagasaki, where he is imprisoned. Rodriguez is forced by the Inquisitor Inu Masashige to watch guards kill the other prisoners at the shoreline. Yeah, this is pretty rough. The uh, this is the burning scene, right? I think so. Uh, he is shocked to see an emaciated Garupe among them as the prisoners are drowned. Oh no, this is after that. But uh, the, yes. So this is the drowning one, and uh, they get Garupe to renounce his faith. Garupe refuses, instead trying to rescue the prisoners. Uh, he drowns with them in the process. Rodriguez's faith in God is shaken when Kichijiro is imprisoned alongside him. Rodriguez reluctantly takes his confession. Phew. Yeah, that's rough. Very, very rough. Um, there, there is a bit of like, I don't know, and 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 this is where this is where my my I, feelings about the film start to get co- more concrete, and I I, I start to really the. I mean, it's unfortunate what happens to the characters, but the film really wins me over around this point because it's posing a very com- a, a much more complicated question too, and a very and a very personal question for both Francisco and Sabat. You know what I mean for both those characters? Like, what would you do in this situation? Yes, you're Christian missionaries. Yes, you're on a mission to find whoever the hell, but. Now you're seeing the basically the consequences of your actions. You know what I mean, like, right? Or the actions of your faith and your church. And so you, what do you do? You need to. It's suddenly now your obligation to help these people. You know, it reminds me a lot of like you know the the conversations around around Christianity and like you know the spreading of Christianity and how like they're kind of known for coming into an area changing the dna of the area and then leaving without really helping these people find a new way and figure out you know what i mean like figure it out Mm. like i and so around this time i'm really into the film and i'm really loving what the film is sort of kind of getting at in a way yeah, it's definitely uh i'm definitely locked in at this point too it's uh kind of crazy like how uh like this is crazy like this whole scenario is crazy to begin with and to just like not like this is just a little blip in the history of the world and all the violence that happens and and stuff sure it's uh it's interesting um yeah, but I agree with you. This was, uh, at this point in the movie, I was pretty, uh, it, it's hard, yeah, it's tough to use, like, the words, like, invested or entertained. This is definitely not entertaining, but uh, it's fascinating. Um, so, anyway, uh, Rodriguez is taken to meet Ferreira, now living in Japan under a Japanese uh, name with a wife and son. Ferreira apostatizes while being tortured to stop the Japanese from torturing the other prisoners. That night, Rodriguez is brought to watch five Christians being tortured. They have already apostatized, uh, but are to remain in the pit until Rodriguez renounces his own faith. 
Uh, Rodriguez struggles over whether it is self-centered uh, to refuse to recant when doing so will end others' suffering. He hears the voice of Jesus giving him uh, permission to step on the fumi e, uh, and he does. So I was trying to look it up, Jeremy. What is the the very early Scorsese movie that we watched where at the end of it, there's like just a still shot of like a portrait of Jesus? Oh, it's like, who's that knocking at my door? Okay, that is. Yeah, yeah this r- reminded me of that. Like when we're, right. you know, we've got the, just the shot of the artwork of Jesus and yeah. uh, the voice. It's good. It's good. This is really good because it's also like, it's also really open, you know, to whether or not if you believe this shit or not, a person put in this much, in this much sort of stress and turmoil, you know what I mean? With this much sort of Mm -hmm. hanging over them might, you know, induce a hallucination just wanting some sort of answer, wanting some sort of reprieve. You know what I mean? Like I could see someone in extreme cases, in an extreme case and bout of stress going through something like this. Right. Um, hearing the voice of God or whatever, tell him it's okay to do something that like, it's like that. It doesn't make sense. Like it should, it shouldn't be according to, I think this, at this, especially at this time in, in, in the Catholic faith, it's not okay to <laughs> renounce Jesus. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like, so him hearing this is like, I don't know. It's like, it's like to me, it, it's coming from just extreme. Also like he's probably hasn't slept or eaten in a very long, you know what I mean? He's like mm. worn down. Like it's, it's, uh, it's, it's quite good and quite powerful. Um, the kind of how the human mind, I think intersects with all of this stuff as well. And, and how just like reasonable, love and um reasonable like love and like uh caring for your fellow man will override your religious preference (laughs) i guess sure (laughs) you know um in the end rodriguez becomes uh like ferreira he takes a japanese name and family uh, the ex-priests use their knowledge of Christianity to stop Dutch traders from smuggling Christian paraphernalia into Dejima. Uh, Rodriguez hears the voice of Jesus who assures him that rather than remaining silent at Rodriguez, as Rodriguez had thought, Jesus also suffered alongside uh, those who were killed. Uh, despite having apostatized, Rodriguez is still subject to regular testing by Japanese officials to ensure he does not practice in secret. Kichijiro is caught with a Christian amulet and taken away, never heard from again. Rodriguez lives out the remainder of his life in Japan. After his death, uh, his body is cremated according to traditional Japanese rites. Uh, his wife is allowed to place an offering in his hand to ward off evil spirits. She places the tiny, crudely made crucifix that was given to him when he first came to Tomoji, uh, indicating that in his heart, Rodriguez remained a Christian all his life. Boom. <laughs> I guess I didn't like <clears throat> know what that meant <laughs> until reading this. I was like, oh, okay. It's like one of those endings where I was like, "Oh, okay, that oh, okay, makes sense, sure." But I don't know like why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Whatever he said. Yeah. No, sure. I um, 
yeah no i i think i i think i got it i think i and i i also think it's a very like eric you were not raised like super religious right you were you had some you know you kind of went to church growing up a little bit right but not it wasn't like yeah. your whole th- your family's whole thing um, no no yeah so like this makes a lot of sense i think to folks who have you know practice been, been in religion for a, a, a long time like to me i got i got this whole story right away and i thought and it is sort of the joke we made up top about like why not just like not say <laughs> you are and really and in your heart you are you know right um it's it kind of is the movie is kind of saying yeah why not just do that <laughs> it's like it's like just 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 go with the flow man and let these big countries, these superpowers, these uh, military arms figure themselves out. You don't have to die or see other people die to be religious or be a Christian. That the piousness and sort of the exercise of just simply not, you know, by simply just just saying, oh, I have to like not ever in the face of murderers deny Jesus is... It's kind of just a crazy notion. It's just, it's an unlike a lot of other things. You know, I think we take for granted how weird religion is. Like, why can't, again, why couldn't he just do this? Well, you know what? He can. And he kind of did. And at the end of this movie, if you do believe in an afterlife, I believe of you know, Andrew Garfield's, you know, going on to the 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 good place you know <laughs> like sure i don't i don't i'm not like oh if if there is a god he's not going to send him to hell for <laughs> you know trying to save people's lives and save his own life and anyways i hear you i hear you um yeah i uh i think you had a more uh What's it called? What's the word? More of like an analytical uh, experience with this film from your background. Um, I was watching it merely as a spectator. Yeah, um, merely for the fun of it. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but it's, uh, you know, I like a movie like this. It's uh, I don't watch uh, a lot of like historical dramas. Um but I find that when I am forced to watch something like this, I usually end up liking it. Um, not all the time, but what's the one that we watched? Uh, oh, man. What is the one, the Disney movie he did? Oh, Kundun? Yes. Kundun. Yeah, very similar something to this, like that. too. And and so is uh, Last Temptation of Christ. Very similar to this. Sure. Um. But yeah, I uh, you know if I were to give this movie a Chucky Freckle rating out of four, um, I'd probably give it a two point five. Nice, that's very close to my score. Yeah, I think it's I think it's worth a two point five. It's it's definitely there's nothing like it, which is always good. Um, but there's also part of it, part of me was... Maybe there's a reason. bored. <laughs> there's nothing yeah. like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, 
It's good stuff. Uh, Jeremy, what, what's your score? Well, my score is a 2.75, so it's just a little better than... 2.5 is my Hotel Transylvania score, <laughs> so it's a little better than right. that. <laughs> uh, I'm giving this the Aviator score. I like these movies about the same. I think... I think this movie is, although I will say Aviator is much more fun and I'd much rather go back to the Aviator than Silence. I do think Silence has its place. I do like what Silence is trying to say. I think it's asking the right questions. It's getting to something very interesting. The performances are world-class. I I do like Adam Driver a lot. I prefer him to Andrew Garfield, truth be told. Um, Yeah. I I love Liam Neeson in this movie. I love the setting. I I think the movie looks really good. Man, that it has a $50 million budget. And I feel like that went into a lot of that went to the look and feel of the movie, which is how I always prefer the budgets end up, you know? Um, So, yeah, I'm really into it. Uh, Or I was much more into it than the first time I I tried to watch this. So, Silence for me gets a 2.75. And a, a nice little recommend if you were, if you have the stomach for something a little bit more dour, and you know, uh, you got, you, you know, you got a, a couple hours to kill. Uh, silence ain't a bad way to do it. Not at all, Jeremy. Not at all. Uh, same goes for the concept of silence. Right. Sit in silence for a couple hours just and be, uh, just shut up. Could be good for. Yeah, it. exactly. Yeah, just shut up for a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Jeremy, this uh, is coming out, um, I think this is, wait, no, this week is Thanksgiving. This is coming out after Thanksgiving, so we are, uh, wrapping up the freaking Blartvember festivities, but you can go back on the, pa- on the Patreon, and, uh, you can listen to not just Blartvember, you can listen to Monkey Bone Vember, you can listen to everything we've done, uh, patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy, um, I'm trying to stall until I uh, pull up the Adam Sandler filmography. There we go. And we are on to... Oh, we are on... Joe Pixels. Oh, God. Are we covering it's, Pixels? Yeah. Well, we ha- uh, that, is, that is definitely an Adam Sandler movie. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Crap. All right. Yeah, it's su- it super counts. Um, yeah, because we're getting into some of his last non-netflix contracted films wow we're not even into the we're not even the into netflix. the netflix stuff i love i love how the listener can just totally hear it in our voices like just how bummed. here's something it, we, you know we could cover an entire other director's filmography <laughs> while we're finishing Sandler that is and, true uh, that is true we definitely uh, well if it. any if any listeners here's the thing is i do want to cover all these sandler movies i don't mean to I do, I do like I, I like the idea of us covering all the Sandler. Yeah, movies. we're having a good time. Good it ain't to too do. bad. Wait, wait, um, wait, wait, wait. Our next our next one is Blended. Oh, Blended. Okay. Blended, and uh, then and then Men, Women, and Children, and then The Cobbler, and then Pixels. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> so we'll we'll be doing Blended next week. At what I was what I was getting at is uh, this doing like three Sandlers in a row when we're. Uh, Talking about stuff like Hotel Transylvania is uh, tough stuff. It, yeah, it's getting to me a little bit, but um, <laughs> you know, maybe we'll uh, we'll sprinkle in if anyone has any requests. This is a rare opportunity. Um, maybe we could uh, throw another director in there with like a, a shorter um, 
filmography or uh, maybe an actor you might want us to cover um, or any other suggestions. Or if you really want us to just keep doing all the Sandlers in a row, um, happy to do that too. But uh throwing it out there. Uh, Jeremy, any final words? No final words. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at HubieHalloween1. And Norma, I'll see you in my dreams. Thank you.